Welcome back, everyone, to the PXP Let's Talk Success podcast. I'm here joined by my now nine-time Ironman. Nine nine times, nine successful finishes. Nice. Nine-time Paul Plummer, almost to that double-digit mark. How does it feel? How was it? Uh, It was miserable. Yeah. (laughs) What was that? It was a tough course. It was a... you know, I did uh, Ironman Chattanooga six weeks ago, and um, looking back right now, my, my body didn't recover as much as what I would have liked to have yeah. had to recover. Good news is this week I feel more recovered than I did the week going into it. Well, that's yeah. good. And you only had, like, what, six weeks of recovery, you said? Yeah. That's something. I mean, that's still tough. Was it windy? Was it the swim? Was it, what was yeah, it? Yeah, so it was an ocean swim. It was uh, my first ocean swim. The waves were uh, a couple feet tall. It was tough to side. It was tide going out, all kinds of excuses for my swim being off course. I swam a couple extra yards, but it was just challenging from that. And then, you know, I let the that struggle affect me mentally. The bike had mm-hmm. plenty of wind. You know, anytime you're in a headwind, sometimes you get a little um, yeah. mental struggle there. And, Absolutely. and that was hard. That was a nice battle to, to do that. And, um, you know, like I say, with the not being able to generate power, you know, being able to see some of the slower speeds you know that was uh, depressing as right, i was going yeah, through it, it made, yeah. just made it harder because of my perception right going into those places and then uh time i got to the run you know having all that energy wasted on the mental side it was just made it for a hard day gotcha um i thought you had a pretty good swim in my opinion but i know like i said coming from that's not a whole lot coming from <laughs> me but i just got a new pr today so you know watch out well done right um did you well? So the, I think the more important question is: Did you eat anything good down there? Oh yes. What'd you eat? Yeah, well, seafood galore. Yeah. I mean, anytime I'm on the coast or near the ocean, I'm gonna get some seafood. Nice. What was your? What's your favorite like fish? Or because I'm a shri- I'm, I'm a shrimp guy. Yeah. So that's why I'm asking. So I don't know if like, yeah, I, you're I, big on shrimp or I, salmon. I love shrimp. Love any sort of seafood. I had mm-hmm. some crab cakes down there. Nice. I had I had some grouper. I had all kinds of. Everything I could find. It, my yeah. favorite is really the one that's in front of me. Okay. What, what was? Oh, what was in front of you? Um, <laughs> have you? You know, my favorite is usually Long John Silver's. Did you have it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been to Long John Silver's in so long, but they're uh, those like crispies they used to have. We need to talk about some seafood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just joking. That's not my favorite, but it just popped up in my head because I was going to ask if you had any hush puppies or anything, and I used to eat those all the time. Yeah, I didn't have any hush puppies, but I do like some <laughs> hush puppies. Okay. Gotcha. Well, good. Um, well, congratulations on finishing. That. I mean, it was a tough fought race. Like I said, I thought you had a good swim. So yeah, I appreciate it. No problem. Um, I do have another joke brought to you by um, Cricket and Nicole in 5 p.m. Um, neither one of them wanted to take credit, um, so I'm going <laughs> to give it to both of them. Um, and it's, this one's actually pretty good. I might not stop laughing. Um, how do you make a tissue dance? put a little boogie in it oh thank you you got it cricket nicole we gotta come up we gotta get better at this because he got it so i thought it was super funny um i had to hold my composure when i was instructing that class because when you're of a certain age you might have heard that before (laughs) i got you i got you well i enjoyed it so there you go cricket and nicole we'll have to get them next time um but okay let's get into it for everyone that's not watching, we have a very special guest today coming back off of the World Cha- Ironman 70.3 World Championships straight out of Utah, Jay Stormendorman. 
How are you today, Jay? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Good. How was uh, Utah? Utah was a humbling experience. Yeah. I've never been around athletes like that in my entire life. While I finished in the middle of my age group pack, I was still at the bottom 2%. 98% of the people finished ahead of me. Mm-hmm. I think I counted. I, I always make a joke. I think I passed six people. Two were <laughs> obvious age groupers in my age group. The other four were broke down on the side of the road. Yeah. Other than that, it was whoosh, whoosh. They yeah. were going by me like crazy. Well, they've never been around you either, right? So. Yeah, they, they, they just wanted to get by me in case I caught up with them. Hey, you gave them some good self-esteem. There you go. So, But anyways, I'll let Paul take over from here. Um, welcome back. I'm Thank glad you, you had a decent time at least. Did you eat anything good there? Oh, we ate everything. We were ate all over St. George. Uh, we had fantastic food. Okay. I had pre-planned because I brought my wife's brother and his wife with us. Okay. Shared a four-bedroom condo. They took three bedrooms. We took one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had made reservations at all the top restaurants in St. George ahead of time, oh, several nice. weeks ahead of time. On an Excel spreadsheet, day <laughs> by day, it was locked and loaded. So awesome. it was all, all good. I love that. Awesome. Well, Paul, go ahead. Um, I'll let you start where you want to go. Well, that's one of the things I want to do in part of this podcast is highlight some members. Mm-hmm. And Jay, I appreciate you taking the time today to, to join us. Um, I guess to, to start this process, let's, let's tell everybody about how long we've known each other. It's at least eight years, I'm thinking. It could be nine, but it's, it's at least eight when I met you at St. Vincent's Performance Sports probably where I was either injured or trying to get my lactose threshold test noted because that was one of the items as a new runner that I was trying to understand is what was my maximum effort that I could extend without hurting myself. I think we did both of those. My recollection of when we met was uh, you were you had a knee issue and, and having trouble running and that sort of thing and um, there was some conversation about should you be running um, yeah, how much longer could you run that sort of thing um, that would have put me about age uh, 59 or 60 about that time mm-hmm. yeah maybe yeah. a little maybe 61 yeah and so how old are you now I just turned 70 yeah so that would be about 9 to 11 years in there uh-huh. um, and so it's been a long process right I mean we huge we started that space where there was a lot of doubt about whether you being able to run and we're talking about you just doing worlds now a decade later. Um, yeah, you've been through a few injuries mm-hmm. over those years. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, some knee issues, uh, some hand issues. I remember a time of uh, uh, those yellow pylons on the Monon of one of those got in your way and we had some, some rib issues with a little accident there. Um, uh, a neck issue. Can you share a little bit about those and, and your experience of dealing with those and training and, and what that process looked like? Um, so imagine uh, hills and valleys, and with every hill came a valley, with every down came an up, and every up came a down. Uh, if you looked at me from the feet up, uh, weak ankles, bow legs, bad knees, or questionable knees, uh, <laughs> vertebrae in my neck, L C C three, four, five, six, or four, five, six, uh, compacted nerve still to this day in my left elbow, 
Um, I have experienced all of those things that you described. And um, I think the most significant one, once I learned how to run and began strengthening my core, was it's, I think the most significant one was September of 2016 after training, I don't know, 12 months for my first full Ironman. And uh, looking back at a co-rider thinking she was in trouble and I went off the path into gravel over the front of the handlebars, which I never told my wife. Uh, that was at mile well, 50. she doesn't listen to this. That was at mile 50 <laughs> of a hundred mile of my first century. Yeah. Uh, I got up and was a little short of breath, took a couple of Advil, and um, I think I had a, even a slight concussion because the leaves were dancing around as we completed the next 50 miles. Drove back to Indianapolis because I think we're north of town. And uh, my wife had made me a dinner. I was late for that, of course. And I was in the shower, and I go, something's not right. Ate a little dinner, and turned out I ended up in a urgent care and had broken two ribs in mile 50. Oh, wow. And completed a 100-mile bike ride. Recovered from that, and then seven weeks later, I ran my first marathon with Larry Macon, who holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the most marathons ever. He's an attorney down in San Antonio, Ran with him, and we just had a great time. He knew everybody. Everybody's come up to Larry. I said, what about me? <laughs> and it was like being with a rock star. And uh, that was fun. So seven weeks after breaking two ribs, just to be able to do that, that was pretty cool. And then, okay, let's get ready, go back and do the first Ironman race, which would have been October 2017. May Mother's Day ride Sunday morning with Paul and a few others all of a sudden, I couldn't move my neck. There was just pain in my arm. I had no idea what was wrong, but there was obviously something going on that I was just, I couldn't move my left arm. Hmm. That went on for at least eight weeks. So I could do nothing. I couldn't even walk my dog. I couldn't, uh, I, I couldn't do anything. I could sit in a relaxed chair, and that was about it. Froze my body, heated my body, punctured my body, uh, cupped my body. Finally, I got smart. I said, why don't I go to my internist? who put me on a med that relaxed all of the muscles in my body uh, as well as put me on a, um, uh, a Advil substitute. Within about two or three weeks, everything relaxed. Back at it, 2017, October, first full Ironman. That's an indication of kind of the that's ups pretty, and the yeah, downs say, that's of, pretty wild. of that's what, a lot. what has happened. Um, there's probably been a few other incidents. May, uh, December of 20, so let's look at the last 22 months. December of 20, um, I, had, uh, I had meniscus surgery for a complex tear in my left knee. That took me down for four months. Came back, steelhead, June of 2022. That was my comeback race. And then 10 months after surgery, I placed fourth in my age group up in Michigan, Ironman mm -hmm. Michigan, another 70.3 race. So two, two Ironman 70.3s after knee surgery. That within, then within a year, within a year, and then also on that same year, twenty one, I PR'd at the Monumental, my best time ever for a half marathon race. Mm -hmm. Going into twenty twenty one, December twenty one, I had a hand issue, surgery on the hand that took me out four to five months. Mm -hmm. um, came back, we did Chattanooga in May of twenty two, placed second in my age group which helped me earn a flow down choice for world championships in 
St. George. Then a few weeks later, we did, um, what was the next race? Oh, did Michigan again. Right. Placed second in Michigan, missed that one by two minutes. And that qualified me through also a flow down for world championships in Lati, Finland in August of 2023. And then went out to Utah and uh, was uh, subjected to some super athletes and just a wonderful event. So that's kind of what happened. Jay, you've been through a lot, right? And so a lot of people, they have a, a knee injury and they, they stop working out. They stop um, chasing their goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your, what helped you persevere? What helped you keep going? Well, I've always, I've always been an athlete, and I think that I've enjoyed what I've been able to accomplish. It's not about the races to me. For me, what really happened in the last 22 months is I was able to manage my weight, use less uh, painkillers like Advil and Aleve and you know Tylenol. But I also increased my muscle mass by 2% at my age, which is really tough to do. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed the overall sense of uh, what I was doing for a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That's what motivated me. And if I, I knew that if I stopped doing or working, or working out or I stopped setting crazy goals, I probably would slack off and not maintain the healthy lifestyle or the degree of... Uh, flexibility and mobility that I know that I'm going to need as I age. Could I have come back from knee, hand, surgeries, frozen necks, uh, beating myself up, you know, working out if I didn't have the core strength that I had developed over the last several years through the programs here at PXP? Mm -hmm. Couldn't have done it. Yeah. So there's a lot of... um a lot of individuals, you know, I'll say our age, you know, in that 50 to, to 70 um, age brackets, that look at us and go, wow, look at what you're doing. I could never do that. And they have this perception that there's no shot for them. What, what would you tell them? You have to figure out what's important to you. Do you have to do a 70.3? No, you don't have to do a 70.3. You can have to go out and do a, learn how to swim. Did I know how to swim? No. I knew how to bike. I could run, but I never had run over five miles until I did my first mini marathon back in 2011, I think it was. And, you know, just I think you have to find your own sweet spot and do what you think is important to you. Maybe it's doing one more push-up. Maybe it's being able to get up out of a chair easily. Maybe it's managing your weight. Everybody has their own thing. And just because I'm doing one thing doesn't mean it's right. I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking about what next year is. I've got some ideas for next year. He talks about that I got a lot of speed in me. Okay, mm-hmm. well, maybe it might be fun to do some sprints, some Olympics. Maybe I'll go up to Milwaukee and do the national yeah. sprint or Olympic uh, up in August. And then maybe I'll, hit, uh, maybe I'll hit Finland. Maybe I won't hit Finland. You know, we'll <laughs> see what happens. Right. Absolutely. So there's, um, if we look at your workouts the last 22 months, right? So let's, let's take the others away. Your last big injury was that knee surgery uh, two years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, what Was there anything in particular you did in these last two years that, that you changed your workout or you added to your workout or you felt like added some uh, advantage? By being injured, I had to be more attentive to how my body felt 
perceived exertion and be more cognizant of my form and trying to do things correctly, especially with the ongoing neck issues. I can only lift so much weight over my head without straining my neck. So I think body form positioning uh, helped out a lot. I also, which a lot of people don't do here, and they should, blood flow resistance, BFR bands, uh, that uh, constrict your blood flow so that you can get stronger by doing less workout. Uh, little known secret, I am injured right now. <laughs> I, 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 I bike don't so, expose yourself. I, you're, you're what? You don't have to expose I, I, yourself. I, I, I bike so much, I, I strain a glute muscle. So <laughs> in order to get stronger, get the blood flowing, I'm walking around in BFR bands, you know, a couple times a day just to get the blood flowing. So the BFR, when my orthopedic do, uh, rehab specialist on the knee surgery said you needed a BFRs, which I had already experimented with Paul, I said, I'm sold, bought my own set. They're, they're hanging on the wall here. Yeah. Everybody should be testing these things. I mean, you can get in 20 minutes the kind of workout that you would normally spend 45 in a class and probably have better exertions. Yeah. Let, let, let me talk about the blood flow resistance real quick with everybody. The BFR is not a new concept. It's been around for a, a long, longish period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people have used rubber bands, and they strap them really tight around pieces, and, and and you get super constricted, but you could never measure what you were doing. There's other bands out there that feel like a blood pressure tourniquet that you put on and you know if you've ever had your blood pressure taken and you pump that up to 180 you're waiting for them to release the pressure these b3 science blood flow resistance bands um, they're fantastic if you've not if you've not seen them check them out it's it's pxp dot get on the bands you know, you'll be able to see some of that stuff there stop in we'll, we'll talk about them uh, more specifically but you can do less work get bigger benefit and and it'll help your performance it'll help your healing there's just so many benefits in there um there's a too long to really talk about those because i don't want to take time away from you but that's a that's a big piece um how have we used those in in your training i mean let's let's talk a bit more detail about what really happened there um i just started using them as a supplement to coming to class i use them if i wanted another workout and and or go for a nice walk after dinner, I just strap them on, go for a mile, two mile, 15, 20 minutes, just to you know get a little you know extra uh, oomph in what I was doing. So I, it was a supplement on what I was doing. I used them on the bike, or I used them as a as a warm up before I would go on a long bike. There were several times this past summer where before I got on the bike, because one of my downfalls is the lack of preparation for a workout, stretching out making sure that my body is somewhat ready for exerting itself. I, I, I have on my calendar now, just coming back from Utah, having my glute injury, I put on my calendar after talking to some of the athletes after the race, what did you do? And, oh yeah, 30 minutes of stretching. I'm going, what? I was out hiking. Uh, so I have on my calendar every day, three o'clock, get away from my desk because I'm still working, stretch. You know, whether it's a, the green strap, whether it's just laying on the carpet, whether it's a foam roller, I am making sure that I do that. So um, I use it as something like, and using them on the bike for 10 minutes, you talk about adding a little extra uh, stress, yeah. that's fantastic. And, and what they do for your warm up, it, it's getting those chemicals to be released a bit more, the warm up chemicals, so, so to speak. And I don't want to get too much into the science of it, but it, it just helps your body prepare to work out. Uh, I've seen you do a, do a strength class, get done, 
and then put the bands on and then go for a, a walk jog or, or do some extra work with those bands on mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. Um, just to kind of get that as you put it that extra oomph kind of put things over the top on, on those sort of things well you know in order to get stronger I need to make sure that uh, I've got um, I've got to push myself harder especially at my age so that's where I've used them as a supplement because everything that I've always done it's taken me longer more effort than what I would think the average guy is when I was going to school for me to get an A it would be unbelievable I would struggle to get B's so I know that for me I've got to do a little bit more yeah now let's let's talk a little bit more about like um I want to talk about your accomplishments, I mean, because some of the stuff that you've done, you kind of glossed over, especially the last 22 months, right? I mean, you've gotten faster in the last decade. Um, I remember uh, one situation, we, uh, you were running and, and I, you know, that 10, 15 pace, and you were talking about how that was great, and you and I went for a run. Um, do you remember that? And you know, can you tell, a, tell everybody kind of what happened from your perspective on that run? Well, I was struggling, but all of a sudden, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't want to look at my watch, but I was just following uh, Paul. And all of a sudden, he looked down, and I think we were running eights or eight thirties or something like that. It was uh, faster than I thought that I was capable of. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of times when, um, you know, all of us, but even with with even you with these great accomplishments, I mean, sometimes we just kind of get into the grooves of, of the performance, and a lot of times having an accountability partner will help pull those things along and, and we went 90 seconds faster and, and you weren't breathing any harder than normal you were uh, we, we talked about your cadence we talked about um, your form and your stride and, and where your foot's going to hit and that kind of stuff and uh, to be honest I was simply trying to distract you well frankly it should be known that some of the hesitation on my part is fear just absolute fear f-e-a-r fear of getting hurt fear of failure just overall, can I do it or not? And not wanting to experience a letdown to myself, mm-hmm. plus any risk of any physical injury. Um, so I had, I have to still overcome that and be, yeah. I have to challenge myself. Yeah. And so you, you've had a lot of successes, I mean, and I would put uh, qualify for Worlds twice as a big success. I would count um, a year ago you running your fastest half marathon as a big success, especially being a year after that type of uh, meniscal surgery. Uh, after you've done 270.3s, um, the one where you uh, came back in Chattanooga and, and, and finished fourth, that was within six months of, of this surgery, right? And it took you four months before you could really get into this thing. So your fitness level was able to be man- maintained and, and come into that space. And then, you know, a few months later, you finished second. You know, that's, so those are some great successes. Um, how do you um, feel about those successes in, in that period of time? And, and do you have any secret to share with the group of what you did during that time? We talked about attention to form. We talked about the BFR stuff, but was there anything, uh, how you approached it, uh, anything from your uh, tactical space? Well, that's a broad question. Um, for me, it's um, the preparation for an event is actually more fun than the event itself. The events are expensive. You got to take time away from the family. You got to go for the work. You know, you're out of town. You're not sleeping in your own bed. Um, the events kind of like icing on the cake. Uh, and people people say to me all the time, well, "What's your best sport?" I go, "I don't like any of them. <laughs> I'd rather just go do some yoga and chill out, go to dinner, have a nice cocktail." 
Uh, I think it's just trying to accomplish something and, and just the, the joy of knowing that I did something. But to me, it's, it's a check in the box. I'm going to work. Mm-hmm. When I hit an event, it's going to work. I'm focused. I want to get in there, get it done, and then go on and do something else. I don't want it to consume me such that that's all I'm thinking about. And because I donate a lot of time other than work work to exercise and maintaining physical fitness, people think that I'm all consumed by it. So I try and maintain a balance, and sometimes that's tough to do. So the, um, we've talked about the strength classes, and you mentioned earlier about the form and the uh, helping balance, that kind of stuff. I've had some people come in, when they started, they've got some aches and pains, and they've got some, well, it's joint pain in the knee, a shoulder, an ankle, or back, and then they start doing some class stuff, and, and those things just disappear or mm-hmm. fade away, and that sort of thing. What's been your experience with the classes? Well, my experience with the classes, Catch this we, on video. We learned how to count. Getting ready to flex. We, yeah. we learned how to count. That's what. That's what happened. At part class. part of it is I do count on my own, and you know, I, I count by twos. Uh, I would not be able to do the things I just described without having gone to the classes. Is my form perfect? No, uh, but just trying to do a little bit more. Okay. Just trying to do a little bit more. All the listeners just got hot right now. Well, wait, wait. There's more. There's, <laughs> all the viewers, there's, I should there's say. There's more coming. Wait to check this out. Yeah. And so without doing this. So, so what he's doing, he just took his jacket off. Without doing this. Oh, look at that I, big I, old I, thing. I, I cannot have accomplished this. He just, he just took off his triathlon jersey. No wonder you can't move your neck. That's right. He's, show, he's showing off his world's medal. Show the camera. <laughs> show that to the camera. Nice. That's a big hunk of metal. <laughs> yeah, that is. Let me see that. Yeah, being a strength class just to lift that. Yeah, yeah, it is. So I um, I think you just have to do a little bit more, do what feels right. You have to prepare for the exercise class. You just can't walk in here when the exercise class is beginning. You got to get in here five, ten minutes early. You got to do the work and run the plan and work the plan. If you got a plan, just work it, and everything will fall in its place. And do what you feel comfortable doing. What are some of my downfalls? I don't get enough sleep. I need to stretch more before and after an activity uh, and, and during the, a normal business day. So I know what my weak spots are. And hopefully, even though I've been doing this, what, 10, 11 years now, I still have things to correct. I need to strip away everything that I think I know and start all over again. Do I need swimming lessons? Yes. Do I need somebody watching me on you know, do, lifting weights? Yes. Do I need to do more BFR and all the things we've just talked about? Absolutely. So as we go into the winter months, it's now forget everything that I think I know and start all over again. Am I going to add aero bars to my road bike and see how I feel on a road bike that is a much lighter bike as opposed to my tri bike? Yeah. Am I going to get my tri bike rewired because of a big hunk of wire there? Yeah. There's a lot of little things that you can do just to make life a little easier. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, and that's a good segue. I wanted to go into the, the coaching side next, right? So um, you've just finished a big season, uh, culminating with the Worlds here just a couple of weeks ago. Um, we are in your, your postseason. Some people call it offseason, uh, that kind of stuff. You use the word forget about what you knew, what you, what you know, and start over again. I, I'll tweak that a little bit from the coaching side. You're not going to forget what we knew, but we're going to go back to some basics and, mm-hmm. and, and work on that base foundation you know, fix or let things recover that are nagging. Uh, it's, it's good to hear about your glute going on. I wasn't aware of that coming in, but um, I know you well enough that you're taking care of the things because we've talked about those things of 
how to take care of your body. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I really appreciate about you as a, as a coached athlete and a coach-athlete relationship is that we can take experiences from one situation and apply them to the next, right? So, you know, this is a new type of injury, but you're applying some of the stuff that we've used to other places. Um, what, what's been your experience with the coaching or what, what's been some um, positive experiences on the coaching, the, the direction, I guess, there from your perspective? Well, I wouldn't have stayed with a coaching regimen if I didn't have complete and full trust in the person putting together the plan. But also, the the plan basically says, do what you're able to do, and if you are experiencing something that doesn't feel right, skip it. Take more rest. Do what you need to do. So it's a plan that is flexible enough, but yet intended to get you to a level of fitness where you can participate in some event down the road, whatever that event may be. It might be a middle schooler going for a, a cross-country race, or it could be somebody like me, an old guy trying to do a, a, an Ironman. So it, it runs the gamut. So I appreciate the flexibility. I think that you do listen. I think you're extremely busy, and if you, I need to get your attention, well, I don't think I have to use a two-by-four, but you will sit down and listen, and we'll have a conversation as we need to. Um, and so it's a back and forth. Your success as a coach is is predicated on my success and results as an athlete. So if I'm going through the motions but not getting there, you need to be inspecting me. Why? What happened? What can we do better so that you can get to what you want to do or be who you want to be or achieve whatever you think you need to achieve? So it's a good relationship back and forth, but it is predicated absolutely on complete trust that I, I you're, it's one-stop shop. If I'm injured, I can come over here and get rehabbed on the uh, on the bench, or I can get stretched out by Andre. Uh, so, and I've got all the tricks and tools here. And for me, it's two miles from my house. I'm five minutes away. It's so it's a perfect setup. Yeah. Well, one of the things I mean, and you, we talked earlier about have you listened to the previous podcast, and this being number three, and, and, and you said that you hadn't yet, but I know you're going to go listen to those and, and catch up on those. Absolutely. But you said some things that to, in, in that question that we talked about last week the plans are individualized mm-hmm. and they're you know to try to tell you what to do every time in an arbitrary do this um, is a uh, uh, is, is challenging and I, and I feel like I haven't uh, uh, given you everything you need so we talk about how your body feels we talk about what should be going on we talk about what the theme of the workout is and then we have that back and forth of uh, teaching, mm-hmm. and then you you apply those pieces, so the the trust goes both ways on those pieces, which, which is fantastic. I love it. Um, the process. I mean, let's go back. I think it was two years ago. You had finished fairly high, and then you're comparing yourself in your all world status. And I think you said you needed 35 percent more uh, effort to get there. And then we that's become our uh, banter back and forth of we always want to get better. And in the last two years, as we've talked about, we're all folks on this last two years. As we talked about the last two years after this, the process of getting there, the process of um, growing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, would, I don't want to bias that your answer here. What, what have you seen? What has been the process? Did, is there a theme that you've picked out on or that, that we've gone through there? I, I really haven't shared much of, of this question. I'm really hoping to see his reaction to this, and then we can compare it to last week's conversation. But what, what's, what have you seen in terms of the last two years especially? Is there a theme of 
that growth that's helped you? Other than some minor nagging injuries, I've stayed healthy. That's been huge. I mean, if, if I showed you a graph of my ups and downs, it's scary. Um, with weeks and months of being sidelined. So when I come in here, again, assuming that I stretched and prepared, uh, I've tried to work a lot harder and get the intensity level up uh, to see if I can push myself to, to get faster, get stronger, whatever I'm doing in here, whether it's biking or lifting weights or push-ups or what have you. And so I think I've approached it with, you know, I'm here, I'm paying a fee, and I'm going to get what I can get out of it, and I'm going to work as hard as I can to achieve what might be possible or I didn't think was possible. Yeah. One of the things where I was hoping you would answer that, and you did a good job of answering that, that space in there, but one of the things that, we, that I changed or I, I modified with you was became more global in that conversation, that made it more, less black and white. Um, that way you could adapt it throughout the day, and you weren't pushing yourself to, to complete a task just to complete the task. You were pushing it to where your body's at to, and, and reading your body, making those adaptations, that sort of thing. Yeah, but I got caught up in trying to do the task. I mean, <laughs> when he, he's putting things on there, do this for five seconds, then run this pace for ten seconds, I had to write it all down. I couldn't remember. He thinks mm. it's a dementia test. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I tr- you get caught up in trying to complete it because it's on the plan. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I guess if I didn't feel good or had to skip it, I, I would. Yeah. It's, it's just not worth it. Yeah. And, that's, and, and to be honest, I mean, a few years ago, that wouldn't have been, you wouldn't be able to do that. Right. I mean, if, if it was on the plan, you had to get it done. Right. Right? Yeah. And so being able to, you know, for everybody listening, one of the, one of the secrets on this is individual training mm-hmm. and learning what your body's supposed to feel like. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you don't have to run through pain, mm-hmm. that you don't have to swim through shoulder pain, that if you're, if you're having those things going on, it's really not in your best interest to keep persevering, pushing through those because you are going to get hurt. Well, and that's where a lot of people going to other facilities or other coaches, I think, make a mistake. You look at those classes where you go in there and you're, you know, they've got those, I can't remember what they're called, but they're uh, different kind of workout classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think hit, hit hit high intensity. High, oh, they're yeah. dangerous. Dangerous as heck. Uh, I, I, you know, here, you know, you do what you can do. You know, during the sessions, Paul, will, you know, walk around and give some, you know, minor uh, uh, tips and tricks to, to people, especially those that are new that are starting out. But I think you, you do have to pay attention to your body. Yeah, we, we do some hit intensity stuff, high intensity interval training here as well, but it's focused on the form. Correct. correct? Don't sacrifice your form just to do a, an activity. Right. And that's, exactly. that's the theme across the training, across the strength pieces, about how to walk, how to get in and out of your car, focus on your form, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's been the, as I look at it from the coaching side, that's been the secret for you in the last couple of years is you've really embraced that and, and we've seen the results from it. Thank you. Go ahead. No, you're fine. Now, the, the last thing I want to talk about is we, we kind of glossed over your uh, all-world athlete status. Mm. Um, and, you, you know, you're in, in Ironman events, there's a ranking system. Mm. And it's a points-based thing by the number of races you've done and where you've placed and that sort of thing. And they take the top three races that you've done that year and they put all the points together. And if you're in the top 2%, you're a, a gold member. Mm. If you're uh, in the top 7%, then you're silver level all-world athlete, and if you're top 10% in the world, you're a bronze. Mm-hmm. Top 10% in the world in your age group mm-hmm. doing Ironman. Mm-hmm. You know, and you've been an all-world athlete now, 
was it third year? It was in 2019 and 20, uh, and so they carried it over to 20. No, they carried, 19 carried over to 20, and I think 21 maybe. Uh, 22, I had to requalify. So right now, out of the 350 men in my age group globally, I was I am now number 45 in the world and number 25 in the United States. Yeah. So pretty good numbers, right? Pretty successful in the uh, without doing a full Ironman. Right. And, and and what it means by that is when you do a, a full iron, you get you're starting at 5,000 points. We're half Ironman. You're starting at 3,000 points. So obviously, when you do a full, uh, or if you do multiple fulls, then you get more points uh, toward that. Um, but when you finish second in your age group, uh, a couple of times, and fourth in your age group, um, you get as many points as you can get almost is, uh, with those, which is pretty, pretty awesome. But being 45th in the world, that's pretty good. Being 25th in, in the United States, congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. But I do have other goals. <laughs> I want in 2023, I want to have hair like Andre. <laughs> I want to have a smile like Kim V. I want to be like as Kim tall v. as Paul Plummer. You know, I, I got some, you know, I, I got some other goals I think here. two of those you, can happen. <laughs> yeah, you might get hair and be able to be taller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jay, I appreciate you joining us, and, and thanks for sharing your story with, uh, with the group. And um, I know you, you do inspire many people. I hope that you continue to inspire more people. Um, the, the things that you've done to be successful, paying attention to your form, paying attention to your body, your weight management, your activity level. Those are all just great things for everybody, but especially as we age. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Yes, sir. You sticking around? You gonna, It's only 12.45-ish. Yep, I can hang around. Just listen cool. to you. Awesome. Well, I think just coming from my perspective, listening to you guys, you know, for our listeners, I don't want to skim over what Jay said. He said a lot about, you know, the process versus the prize, right? Um, going to a the races, going to the events wasn't his top area of focus. It was all about the process. And I, I mean, that's huge for me just listening to all the, um, you know, top athletes in the world, um, in other areas as well. And Jay, you know, you just mentioned that he's an all world athlete, so he's 45th in the world. Right. And that whole focusing on the process versus the prize is huge, especially for our young listeners, just cause you know, I coach young, um, people and so do you um you know a lot of people are so focused on getting that medal or getting this award or you know getting that scholarship where you know it's every day like you said every day coming in um preparing beforehand showing up early five to ten minutes early like jay said um earlier on is huge so that you can get your body ready to do whatever activity you're about to do and just going through that process every day i think like so many people don't focus on that and they and we need to focus on that because that's where we can show up on race day and have um, a great day most of the time right and I just I wanted to highlight that again and I wanted to highlight your self-awareness and self-improvement that you always you're always self-assessing right you say we're gonna go back from we're gonna go back and start from scratch, which you're not necessarily starting from scratch, like you said, because now you have information, but you want to go back to the basics. You want to go back to what can I improve on in order to make myself better and better, right? And a lot of people 
out there, I'm not, well, I mean, not a lot of people in here really, but a lot of people out there, you know, they've hit a certain spot um, and they think, okay, I'm good now. Like all I need to do is I need to push harder or I need to train harder. I've hit this plateau and I just need to run faster, right? Where really, if you get back to the basics, you know, can I work on my balance here in class? Can I work on my core activation that you highlighted earlier? Um, Whatever else you need to work on, like, and fine tune those pieces and that's how you become an all-world athlete or that's how you achieve whatever goals you have to achieve right and that's just what you know I learned from what everything that you said that I just wanted to go over again for the listeners because those things are just so important in achieving your goals um, and like you said you said flexibility a lot and mobility a lot like that's the not sexy stuff that we talk about that gets you to the point of being to accomplish all these things and having all these um the higher rankings that you have so i just wanted to go over that again um go ahead. And, that, and that ties in with last week's conversation right, right? All, all the individualized stuff building that mm-hmm. base so you can build up we talked about the energy system we talked about the form and the technique and that's that's what he's done that's what he's uh focused on to become successful. Let me add one other thing. If I was a younger person and had access to this kind of training, this mentality, because I've lettered in wrestling, I've lettered in tennis, I was a state handball champion, I could have been even better had I built my foundation on the principles of what PXP is trying to give to younger or budding athletes, college, high school, uh, uh, middle school. For sure, no, like, um, and I love that because, you know, people will always ask us how to get faster, how to get stronger, how to accomplish whatever they want to accomplish. And when you tell them, you know, we're going to come in here and we're going to do 25 RDLs, that that sucks. Like, <laughs> doing those, doing RDLs is not my favorite, but I know how important it is. And so that's just where, like, you know, I think you said either last podcast or the podcast before, you know, I tell people that from the jump to slow down and that doesn't necessarily mean pace, but, you know, we got to start from here because um, I just think of, you know, the example I always go to is Tim Duncan, Mr. Fundamental um, for anyone that watches basketball, um, Hall of Fame basketball player, one of the one of the best power forwards of all time, um, if not the best, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, and that's where, you know, he never did anything necessarily flashy, right? He was... He was not Michael Jordan doing 360s in the air. He never really shot a three-point shot, so he's not like Steph Curry nowadays, um, which I love Steph Curry. But, um, you know, he's not that flashy guy, but he's up there in points, um, points scored. He's up there in – he has as many um, championships as Shaq and Kobe, like considered one of the best all time, but he was never that flashy guy. And whenever you saw him dress, I remember – just seeing that like he came into the arena wearing jeans and like this um man this button down um was that flannel the button down flannel just came in and he got to work and you know he won as many championships as he did and accomplished so much and it was because you know he worked on those fundamentals um just like we do here and that's where i think that's how you succeed in my opinion check out jonathan taylor Yep. Even though he's got an ankle injury now, go back and read about how he avoids uh, injury or how he chooses to take care of his body. He calls it prehab, yep. and he's doing the right preparation before he gets on the field. Fantastic interview. Highly intelligent individual. He's 
just really well grounded on mm-hmm. what he needs to accomplish. Per- perfect example of what yeah, he's talked about. Absolutely. And I think I've heard you say prehab before. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Well, that's all I wanted to go over with that, um, just to re-highlight things. Um, anything else you wanted to go off of from that conversation? No. The, 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 uh, no. Man, okay. Jay's done a great job. I appreciate you being here. And it, it was easy to tie it back to last week and we were talking about about philosophies of training and so forth Mm -hmm. so i do have a question okay i am signed up after deferring twice for ironman florida should i do (laughs) ironman florida in in this coming december should i do ironman florida knowing that cheryl mcdonald also mcdowell also had a tough time in 2021 we witnessed what he just experienced in 2022 Will the weather be nice to me? This time it, I'm going to be there, though. Oh, now I am motivated yeah. in 2023. Each of the different venues have a, have a different thing to them, right? Florida, you're going to count on, on a mystery about the ocean swim. Is the ocean going to be um, flat, smooth, or is it going to be very wavy and pull around? It's a lottery. Um, the wind, are you going to have wind down there? The answer is yes. <laughs> you're going to have wind for sure down there. What's the temperature going to be? Cheryl, last year, they, they had, it was a cooler temperature. We had some, uh, I'm going to call it warmth. It wasn't really heat. It was in the upper 70s, low 80s, um, and some humidity. Um, roll the dice. Yeah. I'll let you know after I do this half in a month. Yeah, you're yeah, going to go down and do uh, the Orlando. You watch yeah. out for them gators. I know. It's <laughs> all right. Um, okay, now I want to get into our coach's corner um, and ask all the questions that I've gotten. Well, actually, I'm not going to ask all of them. I'm going to ask a few um, just because we're kind of short on time here. And, they, um, and these are come from uh, listeners from other podcasts? and Yes. Um, so from strength class members, from runners, from, well, triathletes as well, um, and then from people that just have general health goals. Um, so first one is an easy one i well i know this answer but i forgot what does the x and pxp stand for it doesn't stand for anything but it can okay. stand for whatever you'd like it to stand for yeah people were saying xavier was your middle name <laughs> no. and i was like no i don't think it is no, my middle name's edward okay so there you go that was from the 10 a.m class um sometime last week or yeah. the week before but it can stand for extreme yeah <laughs> they thought it was like um, times as maybe, well. Maybe, maybe. So I was like, no, I don't think it's any of those, but I forgot. So, um, okay, that covers that one. There you go, 10 a.m. class. Um, next one comes from Nicole. Um, so this is kind of more of a general question, and I've got a, I have another question based off hers. How important is nutrition um, for <laughs> athletes? Um, I, you got to fuel your body, right? Yeah. So I look at nutrition like gas in your car. Mm-hmm. Right. If, if your yep. tank runs on empty, you're not going anywhere. Yep. You know, same thing with your body. If you haven't fueled that body to perform, it's not going to go very far. Now, the amazing thing about your body is it'll still work when your tank's empty. Yeah. It just won't work as well. For sure. No, I agree. Let me add on yeah. to that one. So Paul does sweat tests. Mm-hmm. He analyzed for me what is my fluid intake that I need, what is my salt consumption that I need, I supplemented that information with a visit, a personalized visit with a local nutritionist, Mm -hmm. and that's why I was able to accomplish what I did in 2022. I had a strict nutrition plan. When I was out running long runs on a Saturday, I was pretending that I was on a race circuit. I was putting water bottles with my nutrition mix in my mailbox 
go out and run a mile, mile and a quarter. Come back, take pretend like I'm at a water stop. Yeah. Go run another mile, mile and a quarter. My neighbors thought I was absolutely bonkers. I got salt all over my mailbox. <laughs> but I, I, I not only did the nutrition that I was going to have on the course, I actually wore the same gear that I was going to be working, running in in a race just to simulate what I'm feeling, how was my stomach feeling, do I need to adjust something, just like race day. So, sure. There's a lot of people who call nutrition the fourth sport of triathlon, right? Or if you're going to do an event that's longer than an hour, you need to be focusing on your nutrition, whether that's the amount of water you're taking in, the amount of calories you're taking in, mm-hmm. the type of calories, and then your sodium or electrolytes on those pieces. Yeah. And the, the sweat analysis that he's talking about is one that uh, a lot of people try to guess and, and you know, mm-hmm. uh, experiment with that needs to be. We can test it and tell you exactly what it's going to be, and, and then you just go out and and apply those pieces. Mm-hmm. And so with that, because you know Nicole's family situation, um, what about the type of nutrition that you're getting in, like hitting all of your vitamins and um, whatnot that you need in your macros, yeah. all that kind I mean, of stuff? Exactly. I mean, you definitely need to get the calories in, right, and the, mm-hmm. and the specific types and the amount, and that's very important. Um, I'm going to give a similar answer that I give on the, my philosophy of training. Mm-hmm. It depends, yeah. and it's different for each person about how much they need to take in. Your body right. size, your activity level, all those things play a role. Your medical history, yeah. your family history. Now, the one that uh, I think most people, most endurance athletes overlook is your ferritin level. Mm-hmm. They'll look at your iron. Ferritin is a, a more specific uh, iron-type test. It mm-hmm. looks at what's, what the, is really happening. When that ferritin level gets low, you're not going to perform well, even if you're getting enough calories in. Why is that? Um, well, I think it'd be too much to get into this true details here, but okay. you can't carry enough oxygen okay. in your blood. You don't have enough iron supply to carry the oxygen in your blood gotcha. to, to be efficient. Okay. Um, so when your ferritin level gets low, you're not as um, efficient at doing that. Mm-hmm. Ferritin tests are $35. Okay. Uh, you can go to your doc and, and, and have it done, and, and maybe it's covered under your insurance with your physical, but you got to ask for a ferritin test. Or you go there, there are some uh, outpatient testing centers that you don't need a prescription for it. You walk in, you pay your $35, you see your ferritin levels, and you go on. If it's low, if it's in single digits, it's really low, then you need to take an iron supplement. And that, that piece is where um, sometimes you just grab a, an iron supplement off the shelf at, you know, at your local store sometimes you need we need to chat about which type of iron and then do we need to put it with something else some vitamin d or some other other pieces there gotcha so i I was uh, i had a conversation with with paul about ferritin just casually Mm -hmm. and i went down right down any lab test right here in this in the strip center Mm -hmm. 49 bucks walked right in it was done in i don't know 10 minutes boom gone let me say one let me reverse back to strength and preparation and core strength one of the interesting things that happened to me in Utah was as soon as I landed, I did not feel well. I ended up in the, in the urgent care. Mm-hmm. I was put on 2,000 milligrams of antibiotic and 40 milligrams of prednisone because I was, there was some inflammation virus going on in my body. Took that up till the day before uh, the race. Without the core strength that I had, I would not have been able to get to the starting line with that illness that was in my body in Utah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for that insight, Jay. Um, going, I'm still going off that same question. Um, she also mentioned, can you give me a good pre-race meal? 
Um, just, you know, make a general one. If you want to do like four or five K or four or a half marathon or so, uh, so, whatever. Um, I'm going to put it in very global context. Let's say you've got an event that starts at three in the afternoon. <laughs> okay. Your meal can be anything you like, right? And it should be about two and a half to three hours prior to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tell people if they're going to, um, depending with their digestive system goes, how yeah. quickly they get stuff out of their stomach, it could be a larger meal, mm-hmm. right? And so if it's for me, I'm, I'm 200 plus pounds, I can have seven, 800 calories in that and digest it and, and be ready to go. Someone who's not my same size should have a few fewer calories. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would tell you to experiment and Jay, just like what you were talking about earlier, um, using your practices to try it. You've got a, a run on a certain day, treat that as race day. You know, you eat your calories, you eat whatever meal that is, see how you perform. And if it doesn't go well, tweak it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you don't like greasy type foods. I, I, I like, if I'm gonna have breakfast, I like some bacon. I like some eggs. I like all the traditional spaces there. But for some people, having the, that much grease or having you know, that type of uh, space, they don't digest it well and they don't feel well. They don't perform as well. Yeah. So they have to have something more bland or a little bit more toward the oatmeal side or toward the fruit side or toward whatever feels good. I think it's less important about the specific meal and more important about the macros, how much protein, how much carb. And then the types. Yeah. How does your body adapt to those pieces? Yeah. Absolutely. Five to seven hundred calories would be a, a pre-event meal, um, two and a half to three hours prior, and then just before the event, maybe getting a hundred you know, up to two hundred calories in a half hour, forty-five minutes before of something that's not going to sit in your stomach. So it's a lighter type stuff. There's there's gels and protein drinks and, and supplemental drinks that you can get that uh, again you would want to experiment with. Yeah. Can you give me a good pre-race meal? Uh, what I have been doing is uh, have these little mini bagels. Mm-hmm. Put a little about taste teaspoon tablespoon of peanut butter on it. Mm-hmm. One or two of those. I do drink coffee, but it's more to get some internal system things moving. Yeah, <laughs> I might have a banana, uh, and then when I'm hanging out, and that's two to three hours ahead of time. When I'm hanging out, waiting around for the race to begin, which is a huge drag mentally. Right. Uh, I might have uh, a little container of um, my nutrition drink, my electrolyte drink with me, uh, maybe with a gel. Maybe I'll take a couple of, you know, licks of a gel of some sort, like a mocha flavor. It's something I like. Uh, maybe I'll eat the whole thing. Maybe I won't just to get something in my system. But I'm, I'm always hydrating, getting ready for the event to start. Um, but it's, it's something real light because okay. the, the evening before – is nothing extreme so just to top off the tank because yeah. hopefully if I've done it right I've been carb loading in a logical manner a week or two ahead of an event mm-hmm. and, and like so your, your question was you know give me a specific meal right yeah and, and like I'm always going to resist that answer I know because if I give <laughs> if I give a specific meal then people are going to say I've got to do this and right. it's a checklist and it's a black and white answer and for some people that's the right answer. Mm-hmm. For others, that's the absolute wrong answer. Yep. The theme is you need to get several calories into you two and a half to three hours prior. Have your tank full of water. Yeah. Be sipping on water as you're going through. And then maybe have a few more calories prior to. And what tastes good to you, what doesn't upset your stomach before or during the event, that's what you need to find out as an individual. Yeah. And, and it's, 
Yeah, it's not the answer people want because people want to be told what to do. Right. But that's the lazy way. Yeah. Right. Well, I just wanted you to say like protein and carbs early because um, I knew you. Because <laughs> well, I, I can say protein. And right. Carbs. Well, I knew you weren't going to give me uh, an exact like. Well, I eat chicken, rice, and asparagus. Yeah. Right. And I know that's what people want. Yeah, and I think for for our listeners, you know, hearing the that theme of what to do, mm-hmm. and then they need to figure out what that theme is. Now, listening yeah. to what Jay did, great. Maybe somebody wants to try that. Yeah. Try it. Find out. Maybe they don't like honey. Maybe they don't right. like mini bagels. Uh, maybe yeah. that's not enough. Maybe they need a bigger bagel. Right. No, yeah, and that's where that's why I still ask you the question even though I don't I don't like that question either because when people ask me, you know, they said exactly what you said. I'm you expect me to tell you I eat chicken parmesan with spaghetti noodles and um, I have a dessert for my pre-race meal, right? Like that's not going to work for you and that's not going to work for everyone because, you know, I don't I'm not good with steak and I don't, you know, care for steak, but for some oh. people, right. Well, like, I mean, I like it, but I would prefer chicken. Jake, and, do you hear this? So, oh my goodness. <laughs> I know. I know. So, and that's where like, that's where, you know, people are different. So I don't, I don't give those answers because you might like steak and that might work for you. But yeah. for me, I would rather have chicken. Now I do like steak. Um, I just, <laughs> I'm not going to eat it before a pre for a pre-race right. meal though. Right. And thank you for reminding me. I'm going to yeah. take off because I forgot to take out the hamburgers to thaw out for <laughs> yeah. dinner tonight that I'm going to grill out. Yeah. So guys, it's been there a slice go. of heaven. Good yep. to see you. Stay well. Yes, sir. Thank and you. We'll, we'll look forward to training for Florida 2023. Absolutely. Hey, first guest on the podcast. Okay, thank you. First ever. Remember that. He's been after me for two years to do this. Thank you, Jay. You're welcome. Thanks, sir. Um, Okay, from there, this one might be kind of long. So this is coming from Sarah. I won't give her last name. Um, But how did you start your philosophy? So you went with heart rate training, Mm -hmm. right, instead of, like, increasing distance. Where did that come from? Uh, that's a long journey to get there, yeah. right? So uh, in my years in college of athletics, watching coaches coach athletes. And then my job in college athletics was to fix those bodies, mm-hmm. right? So I would see injury patterns happen. You know, if we trained this way, I would see these injury patterns happening. If we trained this way, I would see more or less injury patterns happening. Okay. Yeah, so that was my foundation from the medical side of watching different philosophies happen and then seeing the results. Okay. And then as I you know, started working you know, outside of college athletics and, and seeing uh, more uh, things happening, it, it's, it's evolved over time. Okay. Um, heart rate training is, if we're going to run by pacing, it really depends on what terrain you're running on. Yeah. If you're running a bunch of hills, your pace is going to be a lot different than if you're running on a flat surface. So if you use pacing all the time as your intensity factor, yeah. well... It's really hard to manage. For sure. If you use heart rate, it doesn't matter whether you're going up and down hills or on a flat surface. Yeah. Your engine's still working at a relative intensity, and you can manage. And if you manage it, you're going to be more likely to uh, be successful because you're working at a certain intensity versus working too hard or working too soft, and you're less likely to get hurt. Yeah. No, I like that. Um, that was that was a good answer because you know, just like you said, when I run on grass, when I coach. Um, with the when I run with the kids that I coach, um, it's so much different than running on concrete. Yeah. <laughs> I I cannot stand running on grass. So that, that no, that makes total sense. Um, and you you see it when you're out there. 
Um, okay, moving on. So this will be the last question for the day. Um, you talked about pieces firing last podcast. Is it? This is coming from Todd. Um, is you this call it the motor firing sequence stuff that I was talking about? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, and this is directly from him. Um, is this a conscious thing, or do you identify an issue with form? Do you? And the main question is coming. Do you build the muscles when? Do you build the muscles and then they fire? I am probably like most people. I just go for a run and I don't really understand or work on form. Yeah. Um, the answer is yes to both mm-hmm. of them. It could be either way, right? Yeah. So it's the individual. Some people um, they don't have the strength to fire. It still fires in the right sequence. It just don't, it doesn't have the right strength to build up. Some people have good strength in the muscle. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't fire when they go to use it. Okay. And so. Some of it is, is teaching the form. Sometimes it's teaching activation. Sometimes it's a combination of those two. Okay. Um, and that's where, you know, as we talked last week, and, 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 and I'll continue talking about this theme as we continue before, because it's, it's grounded in the philosophy here that each person's different mm-hmm. of how they got someplace. And it's, it usually comes from their habits, from their techniques of how they sit, how they move, what they're strengths are what their weaknesses are so it's identifying those pieces and then figuring out the least common denominator and build it from the ground up yeah okay good well those are it for the questions on the day um anything else you want to go you want to leave the audience with um before we wrap up here um no i I just appreciate jay being here today yeah it's uh, uh he and i've been been together um uh, a lot of years, been through a lot of ups and downs. It's been fun watching his growth, um, not only you know, getting his overall athlete status and qualifying for Worlds, but watching him just take care of his body and, and learn. And, and you heard he was a great athlete before we met. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's got a lot of accomplishments there, but his um, growth and how to apply some of the things that we, we value here has really been uh, helping him prolong his longevity in, in the athletics world. Yeah, no, and he, he touched on a lot of really good things that I liked. Um, so I hope people enjoy that and, and learn from it because, like I said earlier, you know, he said a lot of good things um, that helped him be successful. So I hope the listeners and viewers are able to catch up on that. Yeah, and without being too bold with this statement, you know, if, if an old dog, you know, to pick on Jay a little bit, you know, yeah. the, who's got a, a, a good pedigree in athletics – can tweak some things and you heard him say that he wished he knew these things earlier mm-hmm. you know some of our people out there that are just getting started if we're talking about a, a junior high kid or a high school kid i mean we're, we're doing motor development stuff yeah. teaching them before they've got the bad habits mm-hmm. if we're an older adult or a middle-aged adult um, a, a young adult we're simply trying to retrain those patterns but it's the same process no matter what age you are to be able to be successful yeah. for the long term yeah i think i mean yeah, you just mentioned being willing to learn, I think, um, which will get you over those plateaus and those um, failures, so to speak, um, in order to get you to succeed, right? And someone being 70 years old, if he's willing to learn, you know, you should probably be always willing to learn. Right. So yeah. He's a good example. Yeah, absolutely. Well, awesome. Well, that was good. Um, first podcast with a guest, um, so I like it. Um, Jay Storman Dorman. Um, great for him to come on. Um, so we're going to wrap up here, everyone. You know, as always, um, please like, share, subscribe to the podcast, um, share it with a friend. You know, it's been awesome to see the numbers come back on it. 
um, with all the listeners and people listening in different cities and um, even different countries. I didn't know that there was people in different countries that were going to be listening <laughs> to it, but there's actually a map and it, it shows me, it'll, it'll show me like the person in two people in Germany. I'm like, what? I was like, I don't know what we have going on. Someone in Canada. Um, so that's awesome. Um, so thank you for sharing. Thank you for liking. Um, continue to do so. Please uh, leave a review. Um, that would be awesome. That's what helps our ratings go up um, is if you leave a review um, and uh, like a five-star rating on um, whatever podcast platform you use. Um, it's always on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. You can watch it. I would recommend watching this one. Um, highly just because Jay was here and you guys will be able to see that. Um, obviously listen to it and always comment. Let us know. Um, give us some feedback. If you want your question answered on here, um, write it down. Give it to us. Um, direct message PXP Endurance. Um, you can email the PXP Endurance Media Gmail. Um, do all that. It'll always be in the comments. Um, and the show notes will also be um, links to the podcast and to our YouTube and also to the website if you want to check out anything that we talked about. I know today we covered, we actually covered a lot that I didn't expect, but we went over the um, the BP3 bands, we went over sweat analysis, we talked about nutrition, you know, how can you get into that, how can you get into the strength classes, um, all those things we went over today. So check it out at pxpendurance.com. Um, and that's it, everyone. Until next week. Thanks for listening.